you can make your way back to your seats. Remain standing. Didn't we have a time last weekend at Missions Conference? Hallelujah. Some of the best preaching I've ever heard, and I'm not saying that uh, lightly. I've heard a lot of preaching, a lot of preaching. And you're not going to find messages that will hold a candle to what those men preached that weekend. And I'm just so delighted God is doing in our church and what he is doing through our giving to missions. Missions touches the heartbeat of God. When you touch God's heart, God has a way of just giving just a little extra. And uh, I'm just so delighted in what our our church is doing, giving. But I am going to ask you to remember February 23rd, 24th. It's the last weekend of the month. And this is the missions conference at Apostolic Restoration Church, which is Thornton's church in West Monroe. Now, I want to say this with as much love as I've got. If I, if I have to prove still that I love you, there ain't nothing I can do to prove it, okay? They drove an hour and a half to come be in church for our missions conference on Friday night and Saturday night. An hour and a half, because I know people are going, well, that's an hour and a half away. An hour and 15. Let's just say that. They drove an hour and 15 minutes to come be in church at Wallace Ridge on Friday and Saturday. And if they wouldn't have showed up, it would have been empty because some people didn't drive five minutes to, to come to church at Wallace Ridge. And so we're going to support them supported us. Give me a different mic. This is getting on my nerves. Amen. We'll try this one. But I want to say thank you for those that did make the trip on Friday and Saturday night. I'm just going to be honest here. I hope the preacher's always honest. It's disheartening when you put so much energy and time and finances to try to bring the best and people don't show up. If I feel that way, how does God feel? When He gave His best. Amen. Amen. So, we're going to support them. If you can make it at least one of those nights, Friday night on the 23rd is Brother Jimmy Tony, and Saturday night on the 24th is Brother Cody Marks. You will not be disappointed in those services, but we're going to support them. Now, Bible says, well, I don't think the Bible says this. I don't know if this is a verse. or Confession's good for the soul. Right? I've got to correct myself from Wednesday night because I got on a tangent about fruit grows down and vegetables grows up. 
That wasn't the Holy Ghost. That's just what I always heard. And as I went through the weekend, I got to thinking, watermelon doesn't grow on a tree. And cantaloupe doesn't grow on a tree. So disregard that. That wasn't the Holy Ghost. That's just what I heard. But they say, believe none of what you hear, half of what you see, so I can feel better. I didn't lie to you. I corrected myself. Some fruit does grow up, and some grows down. But if you stick with fruit roll-ups, it does not matter. The Lord blessed me with a box of fruit roll-ups out of that message. Amen. Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37, verse number 1. The hand of the Lord was upon me carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones caused me to pass by them round about behold they were very many in the open valley and lo they were very dry somebody say dry he said unto me son of man can these bones live and I answered O Lord God thou knowest Again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word, somebody say word, of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and Put breath in you, and ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. Behold, a shaking. The bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, prophesy unto the wind. Somebody say wind. Prophesy, son of man. Say to the wind, thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me. And the breath came into them, and they lived and stood up upon their feet, and exceeding great army. Amen. Lord spoke to me this afternoon. I I was working on something. I just sat back in my chair and I said, God, this ain't it. So I got my Bible and I started just walking through this sanctuary and the Lord brought me to this passage. For the next little while, this is what I want to preach on. The Word and the Wind. The Word, I just felt the witness of the Holy Ghost. Lift your hands right now, Father. Let it begin to flow in this house. I feel you so strong right now, God. Let the Word of God have free course in liberty tonight. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for it. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise. 
you may be seated tonight, the word and the wind. The beauty of a church, church congregation, is how God can take people from all walks of life, people that perhaps if you were not related to one another, you may never have encountered each other throughout your entire life. Truth be told, there's a good chance that I would have never encountered anybody in this room except for the church. And God takes people from different vocations. He takes people from different locations. And he bathes them in his blood. And he puts inside of them the power of the Holy Ghost. And the beauty of the church, it's, it's like a patchwork quilt. Pieces here and there, could I say tattered pieces, that God weaves that thread of his spirit and puts it together. And it becomes a beautiful tapestry of what the, 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 the painter or the craftsman is able to do and bring together. And one thing is for sure. And that is everybody in this place. If you've been living for God for any length of time, is you have in some form or fashion, you have got a testimony of what God is able to do through his miracle working power. Amen. I'm talking about people in this place that knows what it's like to not have enough money to pay your bills. And somewhere along the way, God uh, provide the finances for you to pay your bills. Maybe you didn't have enough money for groceries. And God maybe didn't give you money for groceries. But he provided groceries in some form or fashion. That's a testimony of what God is able to do. Hey, the sheer fact that he forgave you of a past that was not pretty and he bathed you in that redeeming blood and he put his spirit in you. Somebody needs to say, I got a testimony tonight. The world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. I've done been to Calvary. I've got the blood. I've been to Pentecost. I got the spirit. I need some more monitor tonight, Brother Jeremy. You've got a testimony. It tells me that everybody in this place can relate to what it's like for Ezekiel to be set in the midst of an impossible situation. Watch this. Ezekiel did not ask to be set in the valley of dry bones. Nobody wakes up and says, okay, Lord, today's the day. I want you to hit me with it. Worst day I've ever had, God, I want it to be today. I mean, I want the biggest impossible situation to land in my lap. We don't pray for that. I don't know of anybody that prays for bad things. All of our prayers are geared towards only good, God. I only want to be blessed, God. I don't want problems. I don't want pain. I just want the good part. 
Everybody wants the testimony. But nobody wants the test. Everybody wants to shout over what God did. But nobody wants to pray for God to do it. Ezekiel didn't ask for the valley of dry bones. But he found himself. He said, the Spirit of the Lord carried me and put me in the valley of dry bones. You keep living for God. And God has a way of allowing you to find yourself in an impossible situation. And then, if that wasn't enough, the Lord asked him a question. What do you think about it, Ezekiel? Can these bones live? Now, we're talking not bodies that had just died. Bones. And then it goes on to say, dry. I mean, the, as impossible as you could get, there it was. Can these bones live, Ezekiel? Now, I got to say, old Ezekiel was pretty quick on his feet, at least according to Scripture. I don't know the time gap between the ask and the reply, but he come up with a good one. He put the ball back in God's court. Lord, he didn't say, I don't know. You know. It's pretty good. I don't know if I'd come up with that one. Maybe it was his way of evading it. Anybody tried to evade the situation before? Kind of like if I ignore it, it's not there. If I don't see it, it don't exist. You can sleep all you want. You got to come up out of the covers and face reality at times and realize I'm in the middle of a bad situation. But God would never have brought Ezekiel to that situation without knowing what was going to happen. And God would not allow you to be where you're at today without knowing what's going to happen. And you got to think about it. Thing I hated about school more than anything, other than waking up early, is the test. Amen? I don't know, I'm not gonna say I don't know anybody. I'm not saying they're not out there. I don't know anybody that just loves the test, taking tests. But my mother, she had all of the teachers' manuals. She taught me all through junior high and high school at school. And those, all those manuals had the answer. She knew what was on the final before school ever started. She knew it. She knew it. And so what she would do as a teacher and what teachers do is everything they do on a daily basis is to prepare you for the test. They know, okay, in three weeks we got a test and this is what they have to know. Now, whether they retain it or whether they apply it, they have no control over. But the teacher does the teaching because they know what's on the test. Amen? And when it's test time, whether it's just a 
quiz or a test or it's a final. One thing that is for sure is that the teacher has to stay silent during the test. They gave everything that you needed. They prepared you. They put everything at your disposal. And when it's test time, they can't say anything. And the reason people get so frustrated during those seasons of dry bones and test is because they're wanting God to speak to them. But the teacher's always silent during the test. But you better make certain the test would not have hit your desk if that teacher didn't prepare you for that season. If that teacher didn't give you everything that you needed to know to mess. Somebody needs to understand that God wouldn't let that valley of dry bones come into your life unless he gave you everything you needed to make it through that season of difficulty. God says, hey, look at these dry bones. Put that verse up there. Go up, go to, go to verse number, let's start at verse number two. Actually, four. He says, prophesy unto these bones. In other words, first he says, can they live? Oh, Lord, thou knowest. He said, then he talks to me again. Prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. He didn't say, Ezekiel, tell them whatever you want. Because the key is in the end. Hear the word of the Lord. Of the Lord. There's a big difference in my words and His words. I could sit there all day long and use the best words in my human vocabulary, but if it's not His words, then there's a big difference. He said, You're going to look at your impossible situation. And you're going to say what I'm fixing to tell you to say. Keep reading verse number five. He said, thus saith the Lord God unto these bones. Behold, I'll cause breath to enter into you. And ye shall live. Here's the word of the Lord, Ezekiel. You speak to your impossible situation. And you better declare and tell them that this thing's fixing to turn around. I rise tonight to speak to someone. It's time to speak to your situation. And you don't speak your opinion. But it's time to get a hold of the word of God. And you begin to prophesy what this book says that this thing's gonna turn around. This thing's gonna be different than what it looks like. These bones are gonna live. You've been looking at a dead situation far too long. And maybe you've been trying your best on your own limited vocabulary. But there's a word tonight. And when you get a hold of this book and you declare the word of God, your situation has to respond. Hey, there's a word in this house. There's a word in this house. He said, so I, go ahead, verse number six. 
He said, you tell them I'm going to lay sinews upon you. Bring flesh and skin. And ye shall know. In other words, when this situation turns around, you're going to know that I am still the Lord. Why does God do miracles? Because it's a constant reminder that he is still God. He's still the Lord. So verse number 7. Here comes Ezekiel. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied. It does not say after I prophesied. But while he was saying it, God started working. That shows you how eager God is willing and ready to begin to work. God's sitting there going, all right, Ezekiel, I want you to start. here's what I want you to say. Here's what I want you to do. Here's the word of the Lord. And it's like he's so eager that he's, as Ezekiel starts talking, God's sitting there going, I can't wait. I, I, I can't wait. I, I got to start moving. I know he's still talking. I know he's still saying what I told him to say, but it's time for him. I, I just, hear me. God is more eager to work than you are to speak, but he has to let you begin to speak the word. Oh, somebody needs to hear me tonight because you think that God's sitting so far away from your situation that he's so far removed from it. But if you'll begin to declare the word of God, if you'll begin to declare, my kids are coming back. My body's going to be healed. My situation's going to turn around. God's going to begin to begin to put bones together. Mm -hmm. Listen to me. Why do we have to have a word? Because it is what activates the wind. You've got to have something. That activates it. And how shall they hear without a preacher? Now I've been preaching about how the word can apply in your own situation. But let me tell you. You got to have the word in your life. You got to have a man of God that'll get up there and activate and preach the truth and declare the word. You can avoid this book all you want, but you're avoiding miracle working power when you don't have a word that goes forth. You got to have a word. But you can't just have the word. Because, keep reading. When I beheld, I spoke the word. The sinews, the flesh came upon them. The skin covered them above. They had form, but no function. He said there was no breath in them. There are a lot of churches that are Ezekiel 37 and 8 churches. They want the word, but they don't have the wind. 
They've got form, but they don't have function. If we're going to be apostolic, you better have the word working. But we can't just sit back and say, feed me, preacher. I want the word. Because we'll be Ezekiel 37 and 8. You better declare the word. But then you better have the wind start blowing in that church. Because it's the wind that brings breath. It's the I feel the Holy Ghost right now. It's the wind that brings life. It's the wind that brings the miracles. Hear me, Wallace Ridge. I don't care how much word we got. We can sit here and be spiritual gluttons on the word. But we better have the wind blowing in this house. We better have the wind that puts life in this church. We better have the wind that blows. Somebody begin to worship him right now. Come on, somebody, we need wind right now. We've got word. We need wind blowing in this place. We need the wind of the Spirit that'll get in somebody's cells and bring life in this house. We need wind that'll ease past hurt. We need wind that'll bring breath to dead bodies. You don't need to be a dry body right now. You need a body with wind in it. You need a body with wind in it. He said, Ezekiel, you better speak to that wind and keep going. Verse number nine. He said, prophesy on the wind and say to the wind, come from the four winds and breathe upon the dead people. He said, breathe upon these slain that they may live. Verse number 10. And he said, so I prophesied. And when I had the word and the wind, they lived. And they stood up upon their feet, an exceeding great army. I'm looking at people tonight that it's not the will of God for you just to exist in form without function. But if the wind blows in this house, I'm looking at an exceeding great army that can turn this community upside down, that can turn your job upside down, that can turn your family upside down. But you're not going to do it with just the word. You're going to have to have the wind. Come on, feel after him right now. Feel after him right now. Feel after him right now. Yeah. Wind of God blow, wind of God blow, wind of God blow, wind of God blow. Give me a drumstick, brother Zach. Here we go, watch this. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly, drumstick, there came a sound from heaven. How did it come? 
as a rushing mighty wind. Watch this, Brother Black. They got a word. Go tarry at Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. That was the word. They go to Jerusalem. Here they are. What are we waiting on? It's a valley of dry bones in an upper room. They had form. No function. They had the word. They were missing the wind. And God said, I'm going to just sit here for 10 days and let people filter out because 500 were invited. I got to believe the majority went. God said, I'm going to just let a little time pass to see who really wants it. Brother Chris, God sometimes is just sitting to see who really wants it. But then there it comes. There came a sound from heaven. The form, the word met the wind and they got their purpose. The reason people are sitting on church pews and they're frustrated is because they got form, but no function. They read their Bible. They got the word, but they don't have the wind. But I'm going to tell you the purpose. If you stop right there, you'll miss the miracle. Of the valley of dry bones. Verse 11. He said unto me. Son of man. Keep standing. These bones are the whole house of Israel. Watch this. They're the whole house. I ain't fixing to play the drums. They're the whole house of Israel. God looked at that valley of dry bones. Oh I feel it right. He said, I'm looking at all these bodies. And I see one body of people. They're the whole house of Israel. He said, Ezekiel, look what they think about themselves. Our bones are dry. Our hope is lost. We're cut off for our parts. He said, Ezekiel, that's what they think about themselves. Because Israel was in a divided kingdom at the time of this prophecy. And they thought there's no way we'll ever be what God intended for us to be. We're too divided. We're cut off. And our hope is lost. Keep going. Verse 12. He said, therefore, you say unto them, thus saith, oh, the Lord God, behold, oh, my people, I'm going to open your graves. I'm going to cause you to come up out of your graves and bring your land bring you into the land of Israel. Keep going, verse 13. 
and ye shall know when this is all said and done that I am the Lord. When I've opened your graves, oh my people, and brought you up out of your graves, watch this, and shall put my spirit in you and ye shall live and I shall place you in your own land then shall ye know it's a prophecy about the restoration of Israel but it's also a prophecy of Pentecost and then he's prophesying about the outpouring of the spirit on the 144,000 Jews that's still coming it's a prophecy that we're still seeing unfold he said you're going to know when it's all said and done come on come on hold on we're fixing to get there I feel this thing about to explode because I've seen churches that are just like Israel. They're just like this valley of dry bones. And you got dead people. And you got people with form and out function. But you got people that are divided in the church. You got people that are divided on the pews. And he said, There's the word. But you better know that the word has to have something with it. About to explode up here. Paul said in my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom but was it a demonstration of the spirit and of power in other words Paul said I'm going to give you the word but there's going to be some wind blow and that wind is going to be the sign that God is restoring his people that wind is going to be the sign that God knows where we're at Keep going, verse 15, here we go. And the word of the Lord came unto me again. He said, goes verse 16, he said, thou son of man, take thee a stick and you ride upon it. And on that stick you better say, for Judah and for the children of Israel, his companions. Then you take another stick and you ride on it. For Joseph, the stick of Ephraim, and for all the house of Israel. One future. Another future. Here's for Joseph. Here's for Judah. But it's not just for Judah. And it's not just for Joseph. It's for the children. It's for their future. It's for the apostolic church. It's for revival. You hear me under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. If we're going to be a revival church, we better make sure we have the true word of God. But we better not just stop with saying, feed me, preacher. We better have the wind of the Spirit that blows in our life. It blows in our family. It blows in our church. Because when you have the word, and the wind, verse 17, and join them to another into one stick. And they shall become one in the hand. 
Moses, I know you're facing an impossible situation. And I'm trying to bring my people somewhere that they've never been before. And Moses, this ain't a valley of dry bones. It's a Red Sea, but it's impossible. It's impossible regardless of what it looks like. You know what was in his hand? A stick. You better hear me. That stick that Moses was holding was not just something that happened to be in his hand. But it was something that represented the past and the future. Where God brought them from and where God was bringing them. And sometimes when you're in the impossible situation, Moses, the only thing you can do is you stand here and hold on to the past miracle while I work out the next miracle. Here's what happens when you get the wind blowing. You get somebody from the house of Judah. Hold on to that, Brother Chris. Come on, Brother Zach. You get the wind blowing in a church. You get the atmosphere right. And Brother Zach is the house of Joseph. And Brother Chris is the house of Judah. And you have a divided church. And you got people that's got all against each other. But you get them together. And the two become one. And restoration happens in the spirit. Somebody begin to pray right now. Somebody begin to pray right I feel it right now. Because it's about the past. And it's about the future. Come on somebody, I need you to pray. I'm telling you, I feel heaven sitting on this place right now. I feel heaven sitting on this place right now. Come on, somebody begin to pray in the spirit. I speak to the wind to blow in this place. I speak to the wind to blow in this place. I speak to the wind to blow in this place. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. Come on, church. I want you to begin to pray. God's trying to do something in this place. Go give one to Brother Jeremy. Start praying. Right there, start praying. Start praying. Start praying. Start praying. Start praying. When do the Spirit blow? When do the Spirit blow? Come on. God wants to restore some people in this place tonight. There's people been struggling with all to get somebody else in this house. And it's time that we get joined together in the Spirit. We don't need a divided church. We don't need a divided kingdom. It's time to pray. Come on, right now, pray. Come on, I want you to tune everything else out. I want you to tune everything else out right now and begin to pray. Come on. I'm telling you, we're going somewhere in the spirit, church. We're going somewhere in the spirit. Come on. 
rock. Come on, I got some sticks tonight. We're going to pass around this place because restoration is going to happen. I need somebody to come get these two sticks and go find someone and pray with right now. Step out of your pew. Go find somebody to pray with. I got two sticks. Come on. Go find a man to pray with him right now, brother. I need a lady to come up here and get some sticks. Go find somebody and pray with them. Restoration's got to happen in this place. There's people, that, there's people that you know you need to go pray with, but you're afraid to step out and pray with them because you have to be honest with yourself. I'm telling you the Spirit of the Lord is here to bring restoration and to bring life to some dry bones in this house. If This is your opportunity right now. I got some more sticks. I got some more sticks. I got some more sticks. I need some ladies to come right now. God's speaking to some ladies to come. Go find somebody right now and pray with them. Come on, this ain't going to be a quick altar call because the wind's going to blow. Go find somebody, sis. Let the wind blow. Hande koho sheka hale boho. 